financial liberty, access to the financial system uh, should not be up to to any bank or any financial technology business um, to to pick winners and losers and who, who gets to participate. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here. Welcome to the Vibe Show. We are doing this live and I wanted to introduce you to Eric Olhausen, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Old Glory Bank. Now, I learned a little bit about this bank listening to Dell Big Tree's Medical Freedom Show where he had the country star John Rich of the, I guess you call it a band, the artist Big and Rich. And he talked about how he was an investor in a bank called Old Glory Bank. And he is a public figure who has been debanked. Many of you know that I was debanked by PayPal, Square, and Venmo. It's been two and a half years now. I know a whole bunch of other people who have been. And so I wanted to introduce you to Eric Olhausen and just go through what he has to say about the state of American banking or banking in general, how he got involved in this and what is special about this bank. Like what would make you buy? I think it's the smallest bank in Oklahoma and they've scaled it up. They've like 20 X it or something. So welcome to the vibe show, Eric. Thank you very much. Um, good to see everyone and uh, happy to share with you what I've experienced, my partners and I have experienced and why we set out to buy a bank, rename it Old Glory Bank and reposition it to do um, what we currently are doing. You, you mentioned John Rich. Um, he's not just uh, um, a shareholder in our business. He's really one of my co-founders. Um, it goes back a couple years um, when uh, a, a handful of us and, and other, other co-founders include Secretary Ben Carson, Larry Elder, um, the former governor of Oklahoma, two-term governor Mary Fallon Christensen, um, who was uh, in the administration prior to the current one. Um, it happens to be an Oklahoma bank that we purchased, and so um, that's how we got to know uh, Governor Fallon. Um, and we really had identified two main needs in the marketplace. And I'd say the two guiding principles behind Old Glory Bank and, and why I decided to, to start this is, first of all, feeling there was a need to have a, a, a pro-America bank that uh, supported the, the, the greatness and promoted the greatness of, of America. Um, the second was um, we are huge believers in financial liberty. And um, Felt a bank needed to be uh, take that position and support financial liberty in our financial system. And so, back to the first principle, we and this goes back about two years ago. Felt just looking around, and it's no surprise with everyone else. I'm sure observed similar things, but there were a lot of people in this country. We feel half the country that was just tired of seeing the flag. Uh, uh, you know, disrespected. Tired of seeing the police vilified for doing their jobs. Um, traditional values of hard work and law and order um, being cast away. And that was, again, just a uh, feeling that there's um, a need in the financial system to have a, a bank that supported just those traditional values. And it's not a, a political right, left, red, blue position. It's just really an, an agnostic pro-America position. And the second relating to financial liberty, and this is what really I think Really got us out of our seats to to do something was seeing what's happening in the in the marketplace um, cancel culture being applied to the financial industry and and in our industry it's referred to as debanking and you you mentioned Robin um, your own personal experience um, there were some very well publicized widely publicized instances as well um, folks like Dinesh D'Souza a documentary um, producer. Um, very uh, widely report, reported. He wrote an op-ed um, saying how uh, Chase uh, debanked him, canceled his uh, long-time, uh, you know, uh, perfectly managed um, uh, business uh, credit card with Chase. Um, Mike Lindell of MyPillow had nine accounts closed um, by the Minnesota Bank and Trust, and 
perhaps because he's outspoken politically. Um, you know, it never explicitly gets said why someone's being debanked, but just out of the blue, accounts in good standing are being told to, to look elsewhere. Um, you had uh, Don Trump Jr. had a PNC Bank um, closed a, a number of media business accounts that, that he had in place. Um, in your industry, Robin, um, Dr. Joe Mercola had uh, accounts of, of his business, of his executives, family members, all turned off by Chase Bank. And you step back and you look at that, and we really see this as, as very analogous to, to believing in free speech and being against censorship. Um, and that's where I say we really take an agnostic position. We, we feel someone who's principled, if you see someone being debanked in the marketplace, really everyone who's principled should feel debanked or, or at risk, um, just as you would with free speech. And so our underlying approach is so long as a business or a customer is operating lawfully, um, they can look to Old Glory Bank as a bank that they can rely on to, um, to, to transact their, um, their accounts and their, and their participation in, in the economy. Um, just, just to step back then, there, you know, there are a number of, I've been in the financial services industry, uh, really going back 40, 35, 40 years. Um, the, um, traditional banks, you know, when, when you look at, you know, a lot of people would say, well, maybe I'm not a prominent individual. You know, who's going to really pay attention to what I as an individual am saying? It's not everyone's as, as, uh, widely, uh, uh, recognized or, or, or watched as, as others and some of the names that I mentioned. But, you know, when you start to see that, um, whole, um, whole industries are being canceled, you know, that's where it starts to touch the broader audience. And so, um, you know, you look at the firearms industry, you look at fossil fuels industry. Um, those are all just major components of our economy, uh, that large banks in particular have very vocally said that they are no longer going to support. And so, you know, Chase Bank, Citibank, B of A have quite publicly stated that they are dramatically, um, and intend to dramatically reduce their financing of the fossil fuels industry. And if you're, uh, just a regular person, you know, work, working in the in the oil oil feeds fields of Kansas or Oklahoma or Texas, or someone in your household is, and your whole livelihood depends on that. Um, you know, do you really want to bank with an organization that's being selective of who you know gets to participate, so to speak, in, in the financial services industry? And similarly, um, firearms and and uh, you know, PayPal's a, a, a pretty uh, blatant. One to uh, debank that entire industry and lawfully operating businesses that can't accept PayPal for, you know, sales of even just gun holsters, let alone um, firearms themselves. And so I think that's when it starts to people recognize that wait a minute, this this really is a, everyone's at risk here. And, and again, I think it's it's you know for us as a management team. Um, we felt it's 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 almost analogous to seeing things being censored, and even if you don't agree with maybe what's being said. If, if you truly are principled and believe in, in liberty and rights, well, you're, you're going to stand up and, and want to provide an alternative. And that's what, that's what we're doing in, uh, in the banking industry. Great. Well, I just barely got an account with Old Glory. I'm not here to necessarily promote them so much as give them a platform. I actually... Um, just newly have an account and we've had it, we've actually hit some snags and we're locked out of our account right now. And so we, we don't have a lot to say about our own experience. Usually if I'm talking about a product or a company, I have a lot more to say about my own personal experience with them. But I will say that when an, I heard about Old Glory Bank and how they were traditional banking, okay, a lot of times we're, I'm broadcasting this in our Insiders Mastermind, we're talking about crypto, we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about Hedges against the failing dollar, like gold and silver and commodities. We're talking about preparedness. What Old Glory is doing, to be very clear, is inside the traditional banking system. So I was super intrigued to hear that you bought a tiny bank. And now you have done a bunch of stuff to layer on top of that so that I can go deposit money at, I believe you said, 15,000 locations. And so I'm hoping that you'll tell us a little bit about that and um, 
And, and also share with us, do you have any aspirations to be, uh, to custody Bitcoin for people or to get into anything besides traditional banking or right now are you just trying to shore that up? Um, I would, I would say the latter, just starting on that point. We really feel there is, um, uh, plenty to, to focus on in traditional banking, traditional, uh, U.S. currency and, and certainly we, we, Crack what is going on elsewhere, and and applaud efforts to um, to address other market needs. But right now, we're focused on um, traditional banking. Um, we are an FDIC insured bank. Um, you, you mentioned your your personal experience. One one thing, uh, let me point out as a digital first bank, because we we have the one location that we have um, in about six months now um, after having layered. Um, Online banking tools, uh, mobile banking tools. Uh, we have opened literally tens of thousands of new bank accounts, um, new customer relationships with with any bank accounts. Because quite often it's a it's a checking and savings account for both um, businesses and individuals. But so close to forty thousand new customer relationships in um, six months. And and when you do that, when you're not seeing people. Um, First, uh, you know, uh, firsthand and in person, um, there is a, a process. I've not to um, you know, get too much in the details, but I certainly look forward to, to uh, working with you, Robin. Is is um, just controls initially fraud prevention. There's a little bit of a grace period before you know everything gets fully accessible, but that's you know I'm talking days and and, and weeks, not months. Um, but to I should, uh, back I should to interrupt we- to say I want to make sure that people know that. We're brand new to signing up for our account. I think that part of our issue is that we are signing up in the name of my legal trust. And so I think that maybe that was something that you're onboarding. Who knows? But um, I mean, you probably do. But uh, the thing that I was really impressed with is that I've pivoted a lot of my financial life in the last few years since all these crazy things started happening to me. And Joe Mercola was just de- unbanked by... Uh, Chase, which is the biggest bank in America, I believe. But back when I was unbanked by PayPal Square and Venmo in the same week, and they wouldn't tell my attorneys why I was losing my accounts, they wouldn't answer, and they still won't. Um, back then, when I when that happened to me, Joe Mercola was being unbanked the first time by PNC. So you've mentioned some of the high profile people who've been um, who've had an issue with PNC and with Chase Bank seem to be the big ones. I've I've talked to people who are not public figures who've been unbanked by Chase and they seem to all sort of push back on the vaccine narrative and they also seem to be involved with crypto. So they're not sure why they were, but it was probably one of those two things. In my case, it could be either one, but probably how vocal I've been about my resistance to the vaccine mandates, et cetera. But um, I do want to say that when I heard about Old Glory Bank and I reached out to you and ongoing, because in my repositioning, I always tell Carolyn, I'm like, reach out to them, get a feel for how their customer services, see how responsive they are, see what their answers are to these questions. So I gave her a bunch of questions and they weren't super easy questions that your average customer service rep could answer. They were things like, what kind of reserves are you keeping? And we got a quick answer. We got a thorough answer. It was friendly. And all of our interactions with your staff have been prompt, thorough, knowledgeable. So, and I liked the answers I got back. That's how we got to this point is that I really liked that I think close to 90% reserves. Is that partly because right now the business you're in is mostly just deposits you haven't done a whole lot of lending um, that that's correct so we've uh, we've grown um, quite rapidly the way um, you know most banks grow is is through um, act, active lending program and and you know they uh, extend credit and then you have to fund those loans by borrowing whether it's from customers or Federal Reserve and so forth and that's a traditional way to grow and that's certainly you know the, the traditional banking model for growth, um, but it obviously has associated risk because you're taking on uh, credit risk, and and you know banks do that. That's why they're in business. But um, we, because of our our growth model, really is more of a deposit growth model where so many customers, and and I've mentioned literally tens of thousands in just just five or six months, um, joining the bank, opening accounts. 
um, depositing funds, um, that we are a very liquid position now. And right now we can naturally, uh, um, while it's unfortunate and, and, uh, for, for the broader economy in a high interest rate economy, we can, we can make a decent return just lending money overnight to the Federal Reserve. Over time, we'll build out and are building out now a, a, uh, loan, um, program and underwriting infrastructure and so forth. But, um, Robin mentioned the uh, just customer service, and that is something I would like to, to touch on. Um, we have we recognize that not everyone has spent as much time with uh, online and mobile banking. It, it certainly changed a lot in, in recent years in the in the COVID era. Um, many more people, cross generational um, you know, constituencies, um, started doing more and more banking online. So I think there's certainly an increasing comfort level there, but. That being said, not everyone um, does everything in life on online, and, and we recognize that. And so we really have built out much more so than other um, online um, uh, financial services uh, uh, organizations. We've really built out a robust customer service team. Um, we have a program not just for the, the traditional call center needs, but anything that involves a little bit more than a pin reset, let's let's say, or, or question about a, a transaction. We have a, a team um, that we call our ambassadors, and uh, it's it's right now about fifteen um, individuals. They tend to be um, mothers who were stay-at-home mothers who maybe left the w- workforce, highly educated um, from various. Uh, career paths, um, maybe took a few years out to raise a family, and now are back you know, wanting to re-enter the the more um, you know, day-to-day workforce. And so that's our ambassador program. And, and uh, um, I don't know who, who you interacted with, but it, it could very well be that someone on, on that team or our business banking team, we really have built um, a, a very robust um, uh, personal um, uh, kind of customer support, not just, you know, Dialing by, you know, over the phone, trying to trying to solve things and and all the frustrations that can deliver. Um, you, I, you I actually really you know, like how... that you only have one location. I like that you just have one location in Oklahoma because you know my business has is is vulnerable in that we have dozens of partners, so we work with dozens of other companies, and their failure to plan for heading into what's pretty clearly going to be a recession. I personally think we've been in one for a year. Uh, our government just hasn't announced it to us. You know, just this week, and this is pretty typical for us in any given week, we were going to onboard a new product. We had put a $10,000 down payment down literally in the last two months. And not only could they not make the product for us and working with them was getting super weird and super clunky. So they said they would refund us. Then the next week I get an email from the CEO of the company saying, we're fleeing the state of California and sorry, we don't have your $10,000. We hope to borrow it from someone and give it back to you at some point, but we can't even refund your deposit for a product we hadn't gotten yet. So we're seeing crazy stuff happening everywhere. We're impacted by the poor choices or just trying to cope in this environment by other businesses. I like that you only have one location because that means you have low overhead. I like that. I like that... Um, you're figuring out creative ways that people can go and deposit cash without having to go into a branch because that means that I'm dealing with a business that is managing its overhead well. I think it's genius. Can you tell us how people can go to 15,000 different locations to put their cash in their account? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, we, uh, we've introduced and I'm sure everyone's familiar with you know typically what what you can do on online um, through through you know online banking mobile banking um, what we've been able to do is as a community bank that that now is you know we really are bringing a community bank that that's serving the entire uh, American economy as as our community um, because of the scale orientation we have with old glory bank being a coast to coast market focus not just a county, which typically, uh, you know, a, a community bank, one location is going to focus just, you know, within 20 miles, let's say. Um, because we're coast to coast and have the scale and have the prominent folks behind us with Larry Elder and Ben Carson and John Rich and Governor Fallon, um, we were able to bring really strong technology, um, the natural things that you, you know, can do from transferring money from account to account 
paying bills externally, um, depositing checks by taking a picture and so forth. That being said, the, the one legitimate complaint someone could have about not having a branch down the street um, is what do you do with cash? And, and if you maybe have something you do on the weekends to generate money, maybe your business itself is a, is a cash-oriented business, um, what do you do with cash? And so we have solved that. And in fact, we'll be rolling it out in just a couple of weeks now is a relationship where we've tapped into where um, every Walgreens, every Walmart, every Dollar General, which means just about every every um, you know, zip code in, in the country, um, Pilot, um, major, major retailers like that. You'll be able to walk in, um, open up your old Glory Bank app and at the counter, um, deposit cash. They'll scan that QR code. And within seconds, um, you'll have access to those those funds. You know, through your through your online banking, your mobile banking, and so um, we're really proud of that capability. Um, that and all the other um, uh, capabilities of of our app um, are much more extensive uh, than any typical smaller regional bank, um, and really is on par with you know the the big major traditional banks. Um, we have a, a great feature, even just wanting to be consistent with, with the brand of Old Glory Bank. Um, we have an optional feature that customers can elect purely um, at, at their, by their own election to uh, round up their transactions um, to charities. And we have a couple selected that are uh, available within the app that are veterans-oriented charities, um, Code of Vets, Folds of Honor. Um, and ones that we felt are, are consistent with the brand. And, and, you know, what, what really drove and supported our ability to do what we're doing, you touched on this, Robin, is be, because we have with online banking, you, you can succeed and thrive without a large physical footprint. Um, and the expression is that people used to select the bank or choose the bank that was closest to their home. And now with online banking, though, you can select the bank that's closest to your identity. And that's really what, because of technology, allows this decommoditization of banking to occur. Um, I mean, it used to be banks were, uh, aside from the, the whole cancel culture issue, but just in general, banks you know, weren't something that were that you didn't get very excited over, or you weren't very excitable um, regarding your bank. I mean, you, you didn't typically rave about it and recommend it to anyone. It's kind of like the your utility companies, you know, your power company. You just expect it the the lights to work, and if they do, you're not going to tell your friends, "Hey, you really need to use my power company. They're awesome." It was just a commodity that you was a given that it should function the way it was uh, supposed to. With banking, though, and and first of all, we have exceptional services. I, I really encourage anyone to go to oldglorybank.com and, and, and look at what we have on offer. Open the account in eight minutes, consumer accounts very quickly. Um, but just the uh, those um, capabilities being delivered um, and in a manner that people feel is promoting things that they value. And, and it's not for everyone, but we really have... Um, Tried to be, and if anything, you you look at what we do and our, our our positions. I mean, one of our mottos and one of our uh, taglines in our marketing is, "We stand with you, no matter where you stand." It it, it really is a, a more um uh, uh you know um li- liberty oriented. Everyone's welcome so long as you're lawfully operating. And again, if you just kind of in your mind apply the the concepts of of freedom of speech to what we're doing with banking, it's really feeling that. Everyone should be entitled to participate in the financial uh, system, and it's not up to any one organization to pick losers and you know winners and losers in that. And so, it really is an agnostic approach that also we feel is promoting a, a very inclusive message of of supporting your country and having respect for those those values that really have gotten this to be. A, a wonderful country, and and just not wanting that to be lost in in today's uh, cloud of of, of other uh, turmoil. Yeah, so you know, I think that people weren't up in arms when I was canceled, and I told my audience about that two and a half years ago. And I think because they think they're just regular people, but then the truckers' protest happened in Ottawa, Canada, and from the the parliament house or whatever it's called in Canada where Justin Trudeau works he somehow managed to freeze bank accounts and 
raise funds in an American company called Give, Send, Go, where people had donated to the truckers because they're out there freezing, but standing up for all of our rights to not have a pharmaceutical product forced on us at the at the point of a gun, or at least the loss of our jobs and our ability to travel, et cetera. And so it really, we've seen what they're capable of, that they are capable of freezing funds that belong to regular citizens as well. And so one one question I have for you, and I think this is going to be a hard question because you're probably just going to tell me I can't control what the SEC does to banking, is that this last March, we watched four big banks close. And I think the average American, like you said, they don't think about how a bank works. They think, you know, they just assume it happens by magic and don't really think about how the bank makes their money. But it's actually time that we start thinking about how our bank works which is why I'm asking questions to figure out, well, is Old Glory in a good position? I like that they only have one location, but I can do all the online banking and I can go deposit cash. So those are the kinds of things that I never thought about before. But in March, we saw four major banks go down. A couple of weeks ago, we saw another one go down. And the analysts, if you guys just go out there in the YouTube universe, you can hear hundreds and hundreds of analysts talking about the fact that all the banks are insolvent. And I really want to support regional banks. The more I learn and the more I feel like the regional banks are heroically, you know, some of the last, one of the last industries that hasn't been consolidated all to the top. You know, people think that they have like the local family owned mortuary down the street. And I would bet you that if you went in there and found out it's actually owned by a huge corporation. I just found out that my little, family-owned insurance business that has my policies here in Florida got bought up earlier this year. There's a few mammoth companies at the top of every industry buying everything up. I don't want Chase and Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs and four others to be left standing while all the little guys get crushed. I absolutely want want to support you guys, but that was a long lead up to looking at those four banks that that closed in March. And I've been very curious about it and I've read quite a bit about it. I can see what Silicon Valley was doing that, you know, bad banking practices or whatever, maybe, but I don't know what Signature Bank did wrong in New York. Those three guys that ran that bank seem to be super high integrity. I think they're running a good bank. Do you think it's possible that when we support a regional bank like yours, that we're more at risk and that FDIC won't back you and that you might get the hammer from the federal government? Um, I, I would say what the big risk that uh, the banks that, that came into trouble earlier in the year was that they had large percentage of their deposits um, were uninsured. They were um, a lot of, especially with Silicon Valley, you had a lot of um, venture capital firms, private equity firms that had you know, well above the, the standard $250,000 of FDIC insurance that um, that is in place. And, you know, even families can get around the 250, let's say, by different individuals and, and joint accounts and, and you know, let's say, a, a, you know, two spouses and so forth. But um, that's what made banks uh, vulnerable to everyone wanting their money all at once, is if maybe that discomfort of feeling that, um, you know, feeling a lack of comfort and therefore wanting to, to move elsewhere. Our, our model is not to court. Um, those kinds of customers. I mean, we're we're just middle America. Um, we have so f- such a small part of our um, you know depositor base is quote uninsured, meaning um, the vast majority of accounts are fully insured by by the FDIC. They don't exceed those limits, and therefore it's a very stable base. Now, sure, could be various reasons someone might want to look to another bank and and request a move, but it but it wouldn't be. Um, for any um, true exposure of not being insured, but it, you know, this really all, I guess, to, to me, you know, the most important point is to what we're doing um, and how we're different than some of those um, other banks. I think also a lot of it had to do with um, forever thinking interest rates would be low, and so those banks, you know, buying bonds that were long term at very of you know, low rates, and then therefore in the higher market, when they did have to get liquidity to address customers wanting to move, they had to sell those um, you know bond funds at a loss, and then that hurt earnings, and then it's kind of the snowball effect, especially when people 
so much of their balances were uninsured. And so um, really is a different situation than what Old Glory Bank is. But, um, you know, I, I think there's um, for our target market, which are um, individuals and, and small business that is looking for, um, you know, that the one of those two guiding principles or both of those guiding principles appeals to them. They're pro-America and, and um, supportive, supportive of their country um, and or they are um, very in tune and concerned about uh, financial liberty and they either want to, out of solidarity, um, be with the bank that supports financial liberty for, for um, the masses and for everyone or they personally feel at risk, whether it's they as an individual or they you know, working within a, an industry that they feel is, is exposed. Um, you know, we address you mentioned with the with the truckers and and you know um, the the equivalent of GoFundMe in in Canada. Um, Go, GoFundMe domestically is a is similarly egregious in terms of uh, um, choosing who who is allowed in their eyes to uh, to raise funds. Um, you know, classic example: the um, you know, rider defense funds and bail funds. Um, okay, to for them to raise money, but not. Um, individuals who maybe were defending themselves and and uh, you know protecting their property and so forth. Um, PayPal also with the, in the firearms industry I mentioned not processing payments for fully legal transactions, but just not in their eyes, uh, you know, not not tied uh, or, or supportive of uh, maybe an ESG outlook, let's say. Um, and because of that, um, you asked about some of the broader. Services that Old Glory Bank is introducing, um, we have introduced Old Glory Pay, which is our equivalent of PayPal. We refer to it as a cancel-proof PayPal. Um, it is a peer-to-peer uh, -peer payments among Old Glory Bank customers, as well as um, individuals to uh, to merchant transactions. Um, we've we've just recently introduced that. If, uh, one of our um, uh, um, beneficiaries I mentioned for our charitable roundups, Code of Vets, which um, raises funds for uh, veterans who are struggling, whether it's financially, um, psychologically, um, various uh, challenges they're having as, as a veteran. Um, Code of Vets had noticed that with uh, the, with their online site, if you look at that, they traditionally had accepted all payments through PayPal, but there was such a backlash against PayPal and a lot of their audience not being um, you know, not wanting to support PayPal and, and use PayPal, that that started to, to crimp um, with Code of Vets. They were saying, wait a minute, we need to have an alternative for our um, constituents to, to support our organization. And so if you look at their website, codeofvets.com, you'll see that they accept Old Glory Pay as a payment mechanism. And it's uh, for, for charities, we, we don't charge a transaction fee, but then more importantly, um, we resolve not to cancel or debank individuals using it, um, the, the merchants who accept it. Um, and so we really see it being over time uh, building out to be a you know, the, the cancel proof uh, equivalent or a cancel cancel proof answer to PayPal. Um, and similarly that platform will be introducing um, a, a GoFundMe equivalent um, for the same reason. And again, just believing financial liberty Access to the financial system uh, should not be up to to any bank or any financial technology business um, to to pick winners and losers and who who gets to participate. And so um, we're we're very proud to be introducing those products. And and again, I think having a um, a national focus as a bank um, gives us the scale to support endeavors like that that your typical. Um, you know, single location bank just is, isn't able in a position to to do whether it's technology investment or the people investment. And uh, we have an exceptional banking team with a lot of banking experience. And so it's uh, it's it's an interesting um, example of of um, again a community bank that now sees the entire country as its community. Um, and uh, uh, we're we're really happy how things have come together and we, we look to continue to introduce more products as well. Yeah, it's actually the Trudeau government was able to threaten, bully, coerce, or in some way influence Give, Send, Go, which was the Old Glory Bank version of GoFundMe in the U.S. Canadian prime minister was able to force the 
give send go people to give back all the donors, literally a few million, a few million dollars. So, but we do need other, we do need other alternatives. And, you know, I switched payment processors to a smaller one where I knew the owner of it and I knew that he supported my um, counter to the narrative stance on medical freedom. So I felt, I don't know if he's safer from the bigger hammers above him, but I knew that he supported me. Yeah. So, um, can, can, can I just add, add one thing on that? Is that it doesn't even take the, the forcing um, because one, one of the other aspects of, of financial liberty and really a, a close uh, um, tangent to that is, is the privacy and security of your personal data. And Bank of America, very famously or widely uh, uh, reported, was not forced. They were not legally compelled by the FBI to share transactional data of their customers after January 6th, but they did. And so it's, uh, it's even just the, the position that financial institutions take um, that is counter to everything that, that's, uh, you know, to our whole reason to, to, to have started and, and built Old Glory Bank is that, um, and we even, uh, one of our slogans is we don't believe in ESG, we believe in PSL. It's our own moniker of privacy, security, and liberty. And we commit to our customers that, uh, we will not just share data the way Bank of America did of you know people who just happened to have bought a cup of coffee in DC the first week of January or lawfully purchased a firearm in the preceding months and all of these things that um, really were um, you know such a breach of, of trust between a customer and that relationship of, of a bank and their customer and so uh, sadly it, it doesn't doesn't always take even the government, you know, imposing it. It's just so many organizations and, and uh, businesses uh, take it upon themselves to do so. And that's just something we, we again, commit to our customers um, that we will not do. Well, it's really good to hear your commitment to that. And especially because you're saying that after you've seen other uh, people in the finance space get bullied and just cough up the data or be willing to freeze the accounts or give donors money back. And so I appreciate that. You have some easier questions coming in. Um, okay, okay. And Don, you're right. FDIC doesn't have the funds to cover everyone. There isn't enough money in FDIC. And I think they're, they have a cap of a billion dollars they can borrow from the Federal Reserve. And both of those put together won't even touch a whole bunch of banks falling down and I think that's why Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen at the Fed and at the Treasury constantly tell us this fiction. That's the nice way to say it. Tell us this fiction that the banking industry is doing great and the economy is doing great and there's not a problem here. Nothing to see here. So uh, Dawn's exactly right. But she wants to know what... I'm going to ask you two questions at once. I bet you can handle this. What exactly does 90% reserves mean? Won't they still be able to lend out 900% of reserves? So they know this, this group here in our mastermind know what fractional reserve banking is. So that's what they're referring to. And then Andrea has the easy question of what interest rate is offered. Um, sure. So um, on the first one, to, um, to be honest, I'm not sure with the reserves, um, the response that you had been given, Robin, but um, perhaps what was being described because, because it's, Correct. The the um, participant here is correct that um, you know we we have our uh, um, assets and and uh, you know on, on the right side of the balance sheet our liabilities which are de our deposits um, and then our capital um, as any bank you um, uh, only have so much capital and you and you're going to be lending um, your assets and and right now we lending them at zero you know at some would, most would say zero risk or some risk to the government, but it's, you know, it's not extending credit to, uh, to commercial, um, customers or individuals. Um, we have a, what perhaps was being described is that right now our, our assets, our, our, um, loans to assets are only like four or 5%, meaning the, um, extremely low because we've, we've, um, grown the way we have of, of just receiving cash from our depositors and, um, not lending it out. Um, with underwriting risk, but instead lending it to, to the government right now or to the Federal Reserve, um, that that's a, um, you know, a, a very strong measure of, of just a strong balance sheet that there's, you know, very little credit risk. And, and again, the loans to assets 
or percentage of assets that are represented by our loans is, is very small, maybe, maybe 5%. Um, the, um, and I'm sorry, the uh, other interest question. Rate. <clears throat> interest rate that you pay. Oh, interest rate, right. Um, we are not a, I would say um, most of our, and this is similar to what I was describing before of our um, our market focus and who our customers are, really is you know targeting um, smaller business and middle America consumers um, who are less um, interest rate sensitive and more service um, sensitive and wanting full features. Um, right now, our savings, um, we offer um, 1.25%. Um, we are not um, uh, part, partly just with um, uh, our, our customers coming to us. It's, you know, what I would say if, if um, the motivation is not for um, the, the payout, and if you have just a thousand or two dollars in your personal operating account, you know, every percent is just maybe 10 or 20 dollars a a, um, a year um, because of our technology investment. And this, this is very similar if you look at the large banks, City and Chase and, and B of A, this is one area where I will say we, we mimic them is that we invest so much in technology um, and less so in uh, the interest rate that, that we pay our customers. And it's, it's a deliberate choice. You know, there's uh, the typical community bank, let's say, Emphasizes more on paying, um, payer higher interest rate, but they have much more limited, um, services and product and customer support. So, um, it has to come from somewhere to deliver what we do. And so I would say that's one, one aspect of our offering that, um, is, is just a, a decision people, our customers make. And, and again, tens of thousands have that, um, you know, they are attracted to, um, what Old Glory Bank represents, what it delivers its customers, um, more so than than the pure financial return. And and I would say, um, we we also look at our offering. That's in in a way, it's it's also similar to, you know, in, in your household, you you know, you don't don't have just Netflix. You might also have you know HBO Max and and YouTube TV or you know you name it a, a host of of services. Um, you know, we certainly encourage people to to give us a try. The accounts, uh, um, you know, are are at no cost for for on the consumer side, and um, give it a try. And and over time, maybe start to use it more, but not necessarily feel um, you have to be an all or not, all or nothing kind of uh, approach. So I, yeah. I think blended with other services, we we can really fit into someone's portfolio of of financial services. So in case everybody missed it in the beginning. We did fly right past this, so I just want to put a finer point on it. What Old Glory Bank is mostly investing in, no bank is just sitting there with your money in an account. They're in business. They're going to make money. They're going to get a return on your money. And that is the case with all banks. In fact, if you... Right now, all the analysts are saying, in this crazy environment we're heading into, you want to be in money markets, you want to buy treasury bills, which I taught you guys in the mastermind last fall, how to buy a treasury bill. The treasury uh, was paying 9% for a very short period of time. So I taught you exactly how to do it. I personally am doing exactly what they're saying, which is staying pretty liquid, investing in treasury bills, um, money market accounts. But you guys understand that what the money markets are doing is they're doing the exact same thing Old Glory Bank is doing, which is loaning for a very brief time to the federal government for the the return that you get. And Don's asking what that return is. I mean, you could right now, if you went and got a treasury bill or a T-bill, same thing, I think you'd be getting somewhere around 5%. I could be off by half a percent either direction. And it has been fluctuating and it has come down some, but you know, ask me again next week and it might've gone up. So they are short-term lending to the federal government and so is everyone else. What they're not doing is that they don't have a ton of your deposits tied up in 10-year and 20-year um, bills with the government and mortgages, et cetera. So this, these are the kinds of questions that I never used to ask a bank. I always assumed that my bank was going to be solvent. I think that we're all a little bit nervous about the solvency of the federal government long-term. They just can't keep printing money forever. Um, but they're doing with your money what you would be doing with your money or 
or a money market would be doing with your money or any other bank would be doing with your money. And I would rather have them doing that with my deposit, which they get back tomorrow. They're just doing overnight lending. They're they're taking even less risk than I do with my six month to 15 month T-bills, which is kind of where the sweet spot is in terms of being the most liquid, least amount of risk and, and pretty strong uh, percentage that they're paying. And that's why a lot of people are in short-term treasuries right now. And it's really scary to watch because this is just not sustainable. The federal government is just paying a lot for short-term lending. It's no different than I'm sure all of you have a friend who just keeps spending on their credit card bill and figures, I'll worry about that next month. Somehow this will magically go away by next year. That's what our Congress is doing. That's what our Fed is doing. So um, interest rate, I think, is at like 1.5%. So you're not going to put your money at Old Glory Bank because you're going to get a higher interest rate than money markets. You're going to do it if you appreciate that you know where they stand on your freedom and that you're not going to have your bank funds frozen because you choose to be take advantage of your Second Amendment right or that you buy a gun or that you participate in cryptocurrencies and buy buy them from your bank and that you're not going to find yourself being unbanked by three banks like I did all because that you're guilty of wrong think and they won't tell you because in order to tell me they would have to be telling me that they're violating my first amendment right right so of course they won't tell me of course they won't tell my lawyers why why I got kicked out of three banks that, you know, I mean, we were processing over a million dollars a year in PayPal for years and years and years before I was canceled by them. But I love that you have a competitor to PayPal. Um, just to make sure that I didn't misspeak, Don wants to know, do you support us in transferring money to Coinbase, Uphold, Crypto.com, et cetera? My local bank has stopped allowing me to draw fiat money out of the banking system into the blockchain world. Um. That's a good question. I would say has not come up so much yet. Um, I think um, I've, I'm not aware of our blocking any. Let me let me just say state that um, I would welcome anyone to to reach out and um, and ask us that. To be honest, that's um, I, let me just say I'm, I've I have not heard that we have stopped any of that. The the only um, limitations is just over time. Um, you know, a, again because. 99.9% of our customers, um, we haven't even interacted the way we're interacting on this call. It's just purely email or through the app or maybe on the phone. Um, there's, you know, over time, just um, understanding just, you know, because people do their fraud, fraudulent accounts opened up. There's, you know, we have a very strong uh, compliance and uh, anti-fraud department, um, very large for a bank of our size. Um but I think once there is that that comfort that um, the sources of funds are are from you know uh, you know are are good and and you know they're good funds coming in. Um, I'm not aware of any restrictions we have on on where it goes. Um, so I, I guess I would state I can only state that. But um, I would certainly encourage someone to to follow up and, and inquire um, directly um, with the bank. And, and I'm happy I will, I will ask, do that. ask for me. I'm, I'm happy to talk about that, but um, I'm not aware of that being restricted. I report to everyone next week. Next week being Thanksgiving, we're not having class, everyone. I know you guys wouldn't come anyway. So no class next week, but I will report back to you after um, Eric checks in with the other principals. And we get a clear green light because a lot of the reason, Eric, why I went to credit unions, one is I wanted to support regional banks. Never even thought about it a whole lot before. Had been with Wells Fargo for 25 years. I've never had an issue with Wells Fargo. In fact, once they caught somebody engaging in fraud, trying to take $25,000 out of my account, and I got a phone call from them and I appreciated that. I have, I've had no problems with Wells Fargo. I have not heard of Wells Fargo shutting anybody down for using crypto yet. If I did, I probably would already be out of there. However, I want accounts elsewhere. I want to be diversified. I want to have the account ready to go. Um, if I see that business banking looks good at Old Glory and I get a, a, a definite yes, we support people in investing their money in cryptocurrency, which is perfectly legal and legitimate. I will tell you guys that and also that, that, I, that I wouldn't bank somewhere that didn't allow that because it's completely perfectly legal and legitimate. And the federal government is persecuting people who 
want to hold a separate store of value outside of their traditional banking system. I have not had any problems using my credit card or uh, my credit union funds for crypto. I also haven't had a hard time from Wells Fargo. However, my guess is, Eric, you guys probably don't know that your customers are very much engaging in buying Bitcoin. And you'll probably, if you dug into it, you'd probably find that out. You just haven't cared. Well, right. it just had, had, hadn't bubbled up as, as an issue. So perhaps that means it's, uh, yeah, we, we are supportive of, of what the customers are, are wanting to do. You have some great questions. Um, well, this, one, this one's easy. Carlotti wants to know, do you offer CDs? Um, we are um, about to introduce some. We, we do not today. Um, and it's really just building out, as uh, um, odd as it sounds, is building out additional products for the, the technology for the online banking and uh, mobile banking app to accommodate different products. Um, that's just one that has not yet rolled out, but um, uh, keep an eye on us and, and we will be introducing CDs shortly. Okay. And then Glenn has some sort of, I think he wants some philosophical statements from you. Two great questions. I'm going to read them both to you because they're very well written. Okay. Um, Eric mentioned the charitable roundup program. What else will the bank be involved with support our country flag, military police, and the people we call the engine of America, the hardworking patriots who make this country run every day, all stated on your website. And then he also asked, do you feel that your bank will have the guiding principles that maintain financial strength, integrity, security over profits, even though, as you stated, might result in lower rates to the customer? What information could be made available to your customer base on a periodic basis to allow customers to see and also understand that the bank remains in a strong financial position? What a great question. Okay, great. No, thank you for those. Um, I would say for... uh... You know the the commitment to uh, supporting um, Middle America and our positioning. Um, first, we feel just explicitly being old, old glory bank and uh, um, uh, addressing those who are just tired of seeing um, you know their their flag denigrated and and uh, um, police vilified and so forth. I think just by merely um, uh, supporting them very outwardly, um, while it's uh, um, just on on the surface, it's we feel it's an important voice that Old Glory Bank is communicating to the market. Um, I would say, in terms of tangible benefits, um, we feel you know so many just hardworking Americans are victim to you know maybe just because of the industry they're operating in um, that they or or the the activities they want to engage in. Let's say if it's a the firearms industry and wanting to buy ammunition. We, um, we feel that our commitment to this financial liberty, to the concept of financial liberty, does benefit in a very tangible way uh, the vast uh, uh, population, the, those who are just wanting to go about their lives and, and uh, um, operate um, uh, you know, proudly, operate legally, um, uh, just going about their daily lives, um, we feel that Old Glory Bank is in, in a very tangible way supporting them um, and not infringing on uh, their their industry or their decisions or, or views and not turning them off. So it's it's uh, I do think tangibly also with with um, with our charitable roundups and uh, the attention we we bring to. Um, uh, and it's not just veterans, ca- veteran causes. We have others um, that, and, and veterans and first responders, because Code of Vets, um, or excuse me, Folds of Honor um, supports uh, first responder families as well. Um, there are other areas that we'll be announcing and supporting that are um, uh, in support of more uh, kind of the, the trade associated, you know, or, or the trades and individuals, you know, electing not to go the college route, but to learn a, a good, um, respectable trade phenomenal livelihoods there and there are some things we'll be announcing in that area as well um i would say as far as um the 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 question about um the 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 financial strength of of any bank and and that that someone transacts with um including old glory bank um i i do believe it certainly there's the the question of well what if the whole the whole world or or economy collapses the fdic can only so support so much i would uh, perhaps that's 
true, but I, I think uh, you know if 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 it gets to that point, then there's there's a, a lot to be concerned about that's going to be beyond everyone's uh, anyone's control or ability to to react to. Um, again, I would say as a FDIC insured bank, and, and that's an important point to make. There are a lot of financial services online um, that are um, that are that are in, in places stores of value, um, whether it's PayPal and others that that aren't insured um, uh, deposits and, and the value is not protected. And, and again, with our market focus, um, it's not typically people with, with hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars being put into Old Glory Bank. It's, it's, it's their home checking account. It's their, their savings. It's, it's you know, in the thousands, not tens of thousands. And I, I would say the comfort that that is fully FDIC insured with, with Old Glory Bank is, is one um, I think, uh, area to take comfort in. And the other is, I mean, banks are, um, as a participant in, uh, FDIC and being a actual chartered bank, um, the financials are, um, are publicly disclosed. I mean, they're, they're, you can search them. There's, there's no, uh, that's just the entire industry. It's, it's a very open book industry. Um, and we are, uh, so I think that's always available. There's really not a need to report to the customers because it's it's always there, um, full access to people. Yeah, what Don is saying here, I just want to preface a little bit. It reminds me of a post I did on my public figure page this week and on my personal page that got a lot of attention where I said that Trader Joe's has told us that they're not spraying any of their produce with appeal. I've done a bunch of videos on this appeal stuff that uses two petrochemical solvents. There's five heavy metals in it. People don't want it on their food. Bill Gates is an investor. Just no, right? And what I got from hundreds and hundreds of people in the comment was, yeah, well, I don't trust Trader Joe's anyway. And I had gotten on the phone with a vice president over produce at Costco. And he said, we're not using appeal on anything right now. He declined to tell me that he actually cares about what their customers want. As I represented a lot of people in saying we don't want to buy organic produce sprayed with appeal or any produce actually, and uh, he wouldn't wouldn't take a stand on caring about what the customer wants. He just said we don't we're not using it because we don't want to pay extra. And when I did that video about Costco, the main response I got was people saying, "Yeah, well, I don't trust them." And Don is using the words leery and jaded. That's how we're feeling. This group you're addressing live right now is very educated about these issues and we've been burned a lot the last several years. And um, similarly, what she's saying is, and I, I agree, it would be great um, if you can explain your financials as most people would have no idea what those financials mean in terms of your financial strength. Oh, but actually the comment that was from Glenn, Don says, I'm going to open an account, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. It's a sad state of affairs that I'm jaded enough to be concerned or, j- or leery of controlled opposition, right? And so, I mean, almost when you say secretary, whoever, the Ben Carson, it's almost like, oh, federal government, that almost, it almost makes us more worried. Um, but that's that's where I'm at. I'm going to. I am opening an account. I am going to give it a try. I'm going to see how it goes. I am going to report back to you whether we have a firm okay. commitment that Old Glory Bank won't mess with us if we buy cryptocurrencies. And I will report back to you on it. But one one last thing I wanted to know from you, Eric, is I don't know if you're aware of Fed Now, but I mm-hmm. educated a, about over a year ago this group what was coming which is the federal government is creating a super app to basically consolidate banking, consolidate payment services, insurance companies, all movement of money coming under this FedNow super app. I'm sure there's not one in 200 Americans who even knows what it is. Mm -hmm. Right on time, FedNow launched in July of 2023, as we educated you about last November, October. Um, there were over a hundred banks participating at the time. Um, we don't want it. We are concerned that banks will get arm twisted into it and that to stay viable, they're going to get under that umbrella. I don't know if you have a statement to make about it or if you know about fed now, but you know, we're, we're concerned that we won't be able to get our insurance company disbursement 
if we don't participate in Fed now, we we want to be free of any system that is tyrannical. Do you have anything to say about that? Sure. Um, y- yes, and I, I'm not an expert on it, but my familiarity with it is such that it was the Federal Reserve's um, answer to the need of community banks to have something similar to what the large banks did with with Zelle, and they, um, you know, the very largest of, of banks, the top 10 banks or so um, are behind Zelle and, and for essentially a PayPal among among banks um, for customers to transact peer-to-peer in real time. Um, community banks were not participants in that, um, did not have a uh, uh, you know, cost, cost-effective way to, to um, participate in that. And that was the, the stated reason for um, FedNow to having been was to deliver real-time payments um, to the broader financial services industry and utilize um, essentially what's already done with with ACH and what Nacho, which is an independent group that runs the, the whole automatic clearinghouse for payments that, you know, electronic payments that tend to not be real time. They might be overnight or a day or two when you're paying bills and business to business payments and, and so forth. Um, recognizing that um, there is concern about what Fed now could evolve into. Um, at least at present, we have elected not to participate in it and, and tap into it or, or utilize um, it. Um, I know there are lots of people who feel it was developed for other reasons. I, I really don't know that I've I've seen that. And I, I guess certainly anything's possible that once an infrastructure is in place, it, it can be utilized um, for various reasons or, or in various ways. But um, we feel that again, old glory pay is is our our equivalent of of Fed now at least among um, it, it's a closed loop capability real time payments among old glory bank customers, both individuals and businesses um, that completely um, uh, get, gives our customers the ability to to not even tap. It's it's a closed loop system intra bank. Um, uh, transactions that are very important to people who um, don't want their transactions to be um, you know, view, viewed by by the, the feds and and uh, you know just uh, kind of um, easily reported. Um, you know, if we were to participate in um, some of those broader um, uh, markets and, and networks for payment, then even if we're protecting someone's data and they happen to uh, buy some ammunition online, let's say as an example. You know, if it's if the other side is is not um, Old Glory Bank, then you know we, we can't control what a what the uh, merchants bank is doing, and so that's where we feel over time um, with the growth of Old Glory Pay and the growth of the customer base of Old Glory Bank, um, it's it's a very attractive payment system for those who do have those privacy concerns um, and you know, again the kind of financial liberty concerns. But um, no, I. I Certainly, it's something we're we're watching, and again, we we feel we have uh, a, a very good alternative that um, we are we are promoting um, for a lot of the reasons that I think some people might have concerns about those those other centralized um, uh, portals. Great, thank you. So, just to close up and tell everyone where to find you online, which I guess actually some of our members have already found you online and are quoting okay. you online. But you have a request from Glenn ongoing because probably some of these members and some people who listen to you on my podcast will get an account at Old Glory Bank. Like I said, just to sum up, my attraction here, you guys, is that they're clearly stating what their core values are. We know them to be supportive of, for instance, the political conservatives who are completely loathed by the banking system these days. Um, they're not taking a stand. They're not saying we like conservatives better than liberals. I don't think they care. That's what agnostic means. They're saying we aren't going to unbank you for wrong think as many people have been or are worried about being. I'm super keen on how they are doing digital banking without all the overhead and pain and struggle that the big banks have of all these branches everywhere. That's a lot of money that these banks are having to plow into ATMs everywhere and whatever. So they're plugging into an existing system. And you can go to any Walgreens or any Dollar General and all those other places he talked about to put your cash in and boom, it's in your account. 
without a lot of overhead and expense, they are re- they are investing your money, and so is every other bank in overnight treasuries where they just keep getting their money back with interest. And so they're exposing your deposits for just a very short period of time. So they're very liquid. So you can get your money out. So basically kind of watching what's happened the last few years, learning from it and developing a very adaptive bank that sounds like their uh, desire is to be protective of depositor money. And probably a lot of banks are going to start failing and it's going to be really painful and ugly. And I think probably the money printer will go burr and they will print billions of dollars as banks fail because like you said, the FDIC doesn't have money in its account and that hurts all of us. I I don't think that for now you guys will lose your money if your bank fails. I think other big banks will swoop in and buy the assets they want. The federal government will print money to cover the losses, but that hurts all of us. When they print money and dump another trillion dollars into the economy, all the dollars you already have are worth less, which this whole mastermind is very familiar with that concept. We have learned a lot about macroeconomics, have we not? So uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to bring us up to speed on what's going on at Old Glory Bank. We will be watching what you do with great interest, and I'm sure um, others will join me in getting an account. We are jaded. We are cynical. And you have a request. From Glenn to please talk to us without the banker speak and tell us middle Americans who you are looking to attract as you've grown from 4 million to, I believe, 95 million. Please um, tell us how the bank is doing and what the bank's values are and keep us up to speed because we are nervous and, and we, we would just love for you to speak regular middle America English when you, uh, when when you update us and when you sure. keep us up to speed on the website and with emails. Meantime, where can everybody go to check out Old Glory Bank and get an account? Yep. Um, oldglorybank.com. I think someone posted uh, that in the in the chat there. Um, but no, oldglorybank.com. Um, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate um, the opportunity to describe what we're doing and tell people what we're doing. And uh, I welcome... Uh, everyone uh, to join us. I think you'll be pleased with, with the uh, response you get and, and the customer service and interaction. And um, appreciate your interest and, and uh, uh, wish everyone the best. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric and Old Glory Bank. And we will see you all after Thanksgiving. Take care, everyone. Bye. Right. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye.